0: Winning Retirement Radio.
1: Lots to discuss today as we ease into 2023, especially yes. if you want to retire this year. That would be an exciting thing to think about. But I sound like an old lady, and basically I have become one.
2: Happy New Year!
1: I can't believe 2023 is here. That's all I know to say. Oh my I goodness. No,
3: I, I mean, I just got used to putting 2022 down on papers, right. and I got to switch it again, you know?
2: How many times do you think that we'll mess up our date before we finally get it down?
3: The good thing is we write dates so many times that usually within a month or so we we get it right. But I did recently write a check and put 2021 on it. And I'm thinking, what in the world is wrong with me? 2021.
2: Yeah, that's way off. It's probably been that long (laughs) since you wrote a check.
3: Yeah, that's probably why I messed it up. Yeah,
1: Could be. Well, you guys put together an online tool towards the end of 2022 called testmyretirement.com. And you put this together to help people better understand their tax obligations in retirement and if they can be possibly more efficient. And one particular lady that visited testmyretirement.com and input her information stood out to me. And by the way, when you do that, it takes about 30 seconds to generate a report with your personalized numbers. But anyway, here's her story. She's in her early 70s. She has an advisor and roughly $1 million in tax-deferred money. However, she's concerned because that advisor has never talked to her about a tax plan for retirement. Now, I know one of our fiduciaries is going to be sitting down with her soon. But is this a common issue that you hear from people that call in from the radio and television show?
2: It really is. And and let me just ask you this. Have you ever found out later in life something that you always thought was true or was told to you wasn't quite best for you?
1: A lot of things. And my grandparents had a blame for some of them, but we won't get into
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of them is, gosh, when when I was growing up, it was always about, you know, drink plenty of milk.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Good example. Of, of milk.
2: And now our pediatrician says, really, once a child is weaned, they probably don't really need to drink <laughs> That's milk.
3: our pediatrician. That's I know our some our don't pediatrician. say that.
2: That's right. But there's so many things like that throughout life you think, well, gosh, I wish I would have known that sooner. How many times, Kristen, have people come into the office here and said, I wish I had met you 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it happens over and over again. Well... The reason I bring that up is from the time we were really old enough to understand about saving money, we were being taught, hey, don't spend it all, save. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe that's a great idea, by the way. Don't spend it all, save some of it. Some uh, people I would read and study would say, you know, pay yourself first. Take that first 10% or 5% or whatever you could afford to put away. Go ahead and save that. But then we were taught... Don't pay tax on it. Put it in your traditional 401k account. Put it in your traditional IRA account. Put it in your deferred compensation plan at work. Do all those things, which, by the way, from a pure savings standpoint, sounded like great, great advice, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we did, right? We we said, okay, we're going to fully fund our company 401k accounts, and we're going to fully fund our traditional IRA, or, you know, if you our business owner, and you have a Keo plan or a SEP IRA or a solo 401k or, you know, many, many retirement savings vehicles. And they're all designed to help us save for the future. But they all had one of those things that we were told was going to be way better for us. And that was, they were going to be tax deferred. Now, tax deferred just simply means that we get to pay our tax later.
1: Yeah, you're deferring it. explains itself. Okay.
2: So you get a deduction when you put the money in. So if you put $10,000 into your 401k this year, you'll pay tax on $10,000 less because you get that deduction in your paycheck when you do that. And that sounds wonderful as we're going in. I mean, it just sounds amazing. But have we really counted the cost for this? Because every time we put money into one of those types of accounts, really, in truth, it's like taking out a loan from Uncle Sam. And I know our listeners, the majority of them don't like owing money to anybody. They don't like owing money on their house. They don't like owing money on a vehicle. They don't like especially owing money on things like credit cards. And you know, what's the number one reason why we don't like to owe money on credit cards?
1: The interest rate. We don't want to pay to borrow money.
2: Exactly. Because somewhere in that fine print, when you're signing up for that credit card, they're telling you that the interest you're going to pay is somewhere between 20 and 30% a year. Revolving. Which means, you know, that it, they're just going to keep figuring out ways to make that interest add up. It's amazing. Well, we were also told that okay the reason that you do this is because more than likely when you retire you're going to be in a lower what tax bracket lower tax bracket so sure that
1: for many years
2: yeah do we even know what the tax brackets are today i mean off the top of my head i do not
1: i <laughs> mean you don't have that memorized kristen for some reason i had a day job or just plans in general
2: i just <laughs> well the lowest tax bracket is actually zero Mm -hmm. Um, and with some careful planning, people can actually be there. But outside of that, the lowest actual tax bracket is 10%. Then it goes up to 12, and then it goes up to 22%, and then it goes up to 24%. And from 24, it jumps up to 32, and then to 35, and then to 37% is the highest tax bracket. But all through the 50s and the 1960s and the 1970s and the 1980s and the 1990s, the highest tax brackets were up there right around 70%. So, folks, even though we don't like paying taxes today, historically, they're pretty doggone low. Mm-hmm. So, the trouble is there's something that happens magically with these deferred accounts when we turn age 73. Any idea what that is?
1: Oh, that's uh, where you have to take out the money, the required um, thingy.
2: The required? Thingy. Minimum distribution. Oh, now, Kristen, minimum how minimum distribution. Times, <laughs> how many times have people been upset about that?
3: I mean, we were just talking to Brandon Boxer about that the other day when mm-hmm. he came into our office. It's amazing. Most people don't think of it being a problem when you have to get more money out of the money you saved. but But in all actuality... I can't think of the time there's ever been someone excited about taking an RMD. I mean, I can you? No. I mean, now if you need the income out of those dollars, you say that's a whole other ball game. But being forced to take a certain amount on a certain day just makes people mad because it's your does. own money and someone's telling you you
1: have to do exactly, something.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: How many of us enjoy being told what to do? I. No, we're on Does the anybody radio. Anybody have their hand up? We
1: all, <laughs> we, there's no we hands all in the oh, We all have we a do. similar
2: flaw. Yes. Oh, gosh, our middle son, Cameron, he is one of the smartest kids that I know. He's so, so smart. However, some of the most common sense things yep. tend to escape this young man. Aww. So, one, you know, he, he loves to hang out in his room to do his studying. And when he goes up there, he'll take a drink or a snack or something with him to kind of help him you know, keep his mind focused on the studying. And one of Kristen's pet peeves about, you know, our boys is that they keep their rooms clean. Mm -hmm. And so I go up the other evening and, and he is studying diligently. It was just before Christmas for his midterm exams. And he is just plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. And I look on his nightstand and there's seven cups
3: Oh my those goodness. Mama's on every like day that. of the week.
2: And some of them are growing cultures. I no, mean they're uh... yeah, I mean it's it's all uh-huh. fun and games I told him until your mama comes up to inspect your room and I said, "Son, if I were you, I would pause my studying right now. I would get up and I would take all those cups <laughs> down to the kitchen."
3: And I know what he's thinking because I was a smart-aleck kid at one time in my life too. I get straight A's. So Why like, are yeah. you worried about a cup in my room?
1: You should be grateful that's my problem, Mom.
2: <laughs> Ultimately, as smart as he is, he missed the fact that his life will end abruptly if he, <laughs> <laughs> if, he if he doesn't take these cups down to the kitchen. And, and as smart as some of our listeners are, sometimes they miss the fact that down the road they're going to be told what to do with their investments. They're going to be told you have to take this much out. You are forced to take this much out. You don't want it. Guess what? You have to take it anyway. You don't need it. Too bad. You have to take it anyway. And you get to do what? You get to pay tax on it. Mm -hmm. And in many, many cases, not only will you get to pay tax on the withdrawals that you're forced to take out, but now because you're forced to take that money out, you now also get to pay tax on things like your social security checks. Now, many will already be paying tax on their social security checks, but for those who don't, that could be the thing that throws you over the edge to having to pay tax on it.
3: You know, our listeners are all smart enough to get that they have to do that. But most of them are thinking, what, do, what can I do about it, right?
2: Mm-hmm. How
3: do I do something about it? Or what is my potential to lessen that tax burden that I potentially face?
2: Right. Well, the bottom line is we need to understand what that tax burden might even be. So there's a tool that we have. It's called testmyretirement.com. And if you go to that website, you're going to get to a link that says learn more. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get to put in some of your information that will allow you to see what your potential tax bill could actually be to the government. And also see the potential of saving by doing things like Roth conversions and things like that and having the control having the power within yourself to say, okay, maybe it makes sense to do things a little differently. Maybe it makes sense to become more tax efficient. Maybe it makes sense to get the government off my back as far as being forced to do this and forced to do that and forced to pay taxes whenever they agree mm-hmm. or they decide that it's time to raise them. I particularly like control. Now, no, yeah, I <laughs> never know. knew Christ, that about you. I'm not a control <laughs> freak, but I enjoy it, okay? And, and so from our listener's viewpoint, does it make sense to understand what your tax bill might be? Does it make sense to find out if you can be more in control? Does it make sense to test your retirement? Go to
1: testmyretirement.com. Click on Learn More. You'll fill in a few pieces of information and within 30 seconds, you'll see a personalized analysis of your total potential taxes and retirement using your existing approach compared to what's possible with some adjustments. TestmyRetirement.com. Happy New Year! I have not made any resolutions for the year because that never works. So I quit doing that.
2: I always make resolutions. And? And, you know, I will say in 2022, some of the resolutions I made actually came to fruition. Well, good. Yeah. So I, I resolved to become healthier.
1: And you have my done, lifestyle
2: and yeah. the way I ate. Now, do I do it perfect? Absolutely not, because <laughs> that would not be fun. But in moderation, right? So I mm-hmm. learned to moderate. And goodness, over the last month, look, we have some amazing strategic partners that we worked with, whether it be attorneys' firms or our accounting firms. And and We've got so many people lovely like that.
3: snack gifts. Oh my like, goodness! The amazing <laughs>
2: chocolates and popcorn. You know, like caramel special flavored popcorns and and cookies and donuts. And, oh, my goodness. You know, I'm like, I'm trying to be healthy here, folks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this time of year, that's tough. Maybe you have a New Year's resolution listening today. Here's an interesting fact. Fidelity released their 2023 New Year's financial resolution study and found that 66% are considering a financial resolution resolution for 2023 compared to 68% from last year. But the top concern for all is inflation in the year ahead. You know, with the start of a new year, sometimes, like you were saying, Greg, it inspires a lot of change. It might inspire people to make or adjust their retirement goal date. So what do you two think listeners should keep in mind if they want to retire in 2023?
3: Well, I think first and foremost you've got to start doing the math. You need to know what it is that you live on and what we need to generate from the dollars you save to meet that goal and you know, that's the legwork of it, but that's what we're here to help with. Um usually during the conversation just just the initial meeting we'll start gathering that number just from the information that that you verbalize to us. So even okay. if you don't want to sit down and actually do, you know, an old fashioned budget for yourself or you're writing down the numbers, you know, you essentially do it as we're gathering information. So that's the first thing because you need to know where your income's gonna come from in mm-hmm. retirement. So you've got social security. So if it's time to collect that, we'll have that number. And if you have a pension, we'll have that number. And then outside of that, we call that the gap. We need to figure out Mm-hmm. how much we need to generate from the dollars you've saved to meet your living expenses.
2: And, Chris, don't you find that it's hardest for families to come up with a real number as to what they live on?
3: Oh, it is. I mean, that's I wonder why a lot of times the restaurant numbers left out, you know, when you go out to eat. I have to pat ourselves on the back. We've done a good job of getting that budget item under control because Greg and I went through a phase where we were spending way too much money going out to eat. Mm. Yes. And I've gotten it down to where I have kind of a set amount of meals that I kind of rotate that are easy to do on work days and and we're able to get that budget item down. But maybe that's something you just enjoy and that's not something that you want to reduce. So let's not leave it out of the calculation. Say you spend 100 200 when you go out to eat well for two people it won't be that much for us family of five it's it's that much <laughs> but if if you're spending 100 200 a week on meals between lunches or dinners out then we need to make sure that's in there because that's that's almost a thousand dollars a month
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. what about random you know? trips to target or sam's club or yes you know if, things like that if you
3: like going down that johanna gaines aisle which i do <laughs> then you know you you need to make sure but But if you're trying to cut back, those are items I'd like to encourage you on. You know, I've gotten to where I don't make as many trips to Target. So that way I don't spend that random amount of money every time I go. I mean greg says it jokingly but literally you cannot walk out of that store without spending two hundred dollars i you think can't. they put something in the music or something's in the air i don't know what <laughs> Yeah, it that's is. what it
2: is then more cash yeah spend target more cash it's it's uh, in there
3: <laughs> tj maxx is another one you know mm-hmm. yes. you just wander around and spend money aimlessly so so as we're looking over what needs to happen i'm not saying you have to cut things as you budget but let's budget it all in and then once we run the numbers, once we see what there is to work with, if Greg says, "Hey, you know, I don't know that this is going to be a sustainable thing we're doing here with with the amount of spending you're doing," then that's where you start cutting back, and the fun part of budgeting happens. You know, the not so fun. I say that <laughs> facetiously, but the not so fun part of budgeting happens, where you can cut things back, but but you just plan for it, or maybe you say, "Okay, I'm going to get this much saved up, and then I'll then I'll reward myself with with something else," and. And kind of unfortunately, that's the conversation that a lot of people are having privately in their homes right now because things are costing so much more. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that's happening is a lot of people are just saying, you know, maybe I won't retire yet. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you should be counting that as your only option just yet. I think you still need to keep those appointments as you're interviewing financial advisors. I think you still need to start really understanding where your numbers are And start getting that planning process going. Don't stick your head in the sand because you don't like what's going on with the Fed right now. Hmm. You have to really keep at it and really see where you're at so that you can have a plan moving forward.
2: What Kristen just described is having a retirement income plan. So that's one of the things that you need to have if you plan to retire in 2023 is you need a retirement income plan. But... There's five core areas of retirement planning that that need to be focused upon. One is your retirement income plan, which Kristen did a great job of explaining that, but how about your retirement investment plan? Hmm. Does it make sense to invest during your distribution years the same way that you invested during your accumulation years? And does that even matter? Well. This past fall, I met with a couple, and it was really interesting because they were in a situation, like Kristen just described, they thought they were only spending about $30,000 a year. Mm -hmm. But between the husband and wife, they were bringing home a little over $130,000 a year. And I just asked them, I said, a year ago versus now, do you have more in savings than you did, or, or is it pretty much the same? I said, no, it's pretty much the same. I said, so you brought home $130,000 and your savings didn't increase. I said, uh, anything unusual happened this past year? Like any major house projects or anything like that happened? And I said, well, no, I mean, we did a few extra things, but nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. Every year there's something. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So I said, in general, you spend... $130,000 $130,000 a year, but you put $30,000 down on your My Retirement Kit that you filled out. Huh. I said, so where's the other $100,000? <laughs> and they laughed. And you know, I said, all I'm trying to do here is is help you get to the reality of what you truly need. Mm-hmm. Because retirement actually costs a little bit more than pre-retirement. Wait, really? Absolutely it does, because you now have more time. Now, Retirement doesn't change who you are or what you enjoy doing. What it does is gives you more time to do those things. That's true. And as you have more time, it costs more money. Time equals money. So one of the things we do in what we call our complete planning review, which it's like an inventory for family finances, right, for retirement. Mm-hmm. And what a great time of year to take an inventory of what you're doing. So your retirement income plan, when we want to take inventory of that, your retirement Investment strategy, making sure you're efficient as you can be between risk and return. How about a tax strategy? Do you even have one? Has has the people you work with ever brought up a long-term tax strategy for becoming more efficient with taxes over the long haul? If not, maybe it's time to have inventory of that. What about a health care strategy? Your retirement health care plan, like your health insurance. What about if you get sick and there's a nursing home stay or home health care or things like that? Have you considered those things? And I'm not necessarily talking about buying insurance. I'm talking about having a strategy for how you pay for it. Gotcha. And finally, whatever's left, when the good Lord calls us out of this place, are we efficient with what we leave behind to those we love? You know, I don't want Uncle Sam. I don't want some attorney somewhere. I don't want the government to get an extra dime more than what they have coming to them. And, you know, the folks we talk to, that's typically how they feel as well. And so more than anything, I believe this is a great time of year to take inventory of all those things and make sure nothing's slipping through the cracks with your investments, with your income, with your taxes, with your health care, and with your legacy plan.
0: Connect now at winningretirementradio.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company.